Welcome into the Boardroom Podcast. I'm Ward 6 Alderman Ben Piper. I'm Ward 4 Alderman Chad Wicker. How you doing, Ben? I know it's been a couple of weeks since we had a show, but uh, yeah. you had the snowmageddon, an icemageddon, or whatever you want to call it. It's the um, uh, 47th day of January, <laughs> so the longest month of the year. It is. It does seem like a long month for sure. And um, But, you know, uh, we're recording this on Monday morning, so we have the people, uh, two, two teams going to be in the Super Bowl, so we can get ready for that and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Getting to be basketball I'm not, season. I'm, I enjoy the social event that is the Super Bowl. Yeah. Do I'm not. Sure. I mean, I don't. The outcome could care less. My, you know? my, my oldest son uh, has kind of got into football. He's a Ravens mm-hmm. fan, and he was um, he was hoping that the Ravens would win uh, last yeah. night uh, or yesterday afternoon against Kansas City, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't work out for him. Didn't so, work out. Uh, hey, that's that's how the I, I how the him, cookie crumbles. I told sometimes. him there's always there's always next year, man. So always, always next, next year. year. Yeah. Right. Well, so we had a uh, we had a couple aldermen board of aldermen meetings uh, since we last met. One was kind of a truncated version uh, due to the the snowstorm that you mentioned earlier. Hernando got pounded with you know seven eight inches of snow and ice, and uh, for about a week there, the the city was kind of gridlocked. And I know that, that let's touch on that really quick. A lot of people were saying, you know, why does the city not have you know a way to help in these situations, um, and it, it, it simply comes down to there. There was some salt put on the road. The roads were treated as best the city could do it, but it's really not something that the city prepares for uh, because it happens what once every three or four years at, at the at best. Yeah, well, um, you know, Hernando, DeSoto County, the state of Mississippi is just simply not prepared or not. Is not capable of handling a storm like mm-hmm. that. We're just, we're just not there. Um, we don't get it enough to to invest in it. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I think the state does a good job with you know trying to keep the interstates open, um, but we just we don't have the, the the money to you know buy plow trucks and salt right. trucks and, and things like that. And we we improvise. I think there was a you know they were putting some plows maybe on some some city vehicles or something. Mm-hmm. I saw and I think I know the state was doing that on 51 and in the on the interstate, but. Uh, you know it is what it is. I mean, we we we. <laughs> what do we get one mm-hmm. event like that a year, or maybe one one event yeah. like that every three years or something? They're saying they're saying there's some more uh, more snow coming oh, in man. in February, so man, we'll have I, to see if, see what happens. But we'll give a shout out to Scott. He just came and checked on us, man. He always has a room ready for us. And, uh, you know, yeah, mayor's assistant. Yeah, good, Scott Smith. So. Yeah, a hard worker um, has really uh, has really stepped up in that role. Um, but yeah, I think that. You know, you look at the the snow and all that stuff. There was uh, I've had a couple people reach out and say they wanted to, you know, put together a volunteer effort for next time something like this happens to, you know, have folks get out there and at least in the na- in the neighborhoods, you know, try to help clear up some of the roads and so. And so the big thing, um, I think, with anybody that's uh, that's you know wanting to do something like that, you got to be careful first off because um, you're just volunteering. You don't want to hurt yourself out there or anything like that. But sometimes the biggest help you can you can uh, you can pitch in is just getting your own driveway cleared off yeah uh so that that way um the the concrete heats up when it does get in those upper 20s and lower 30s and it just kind of it helps some of the road uh drain off as well so even doing those small things getting your driveway clear if you can uh can can be a big help it kind of helps out uh, for the for the total picture of things, especially in the neighborhoods, because that seemed to be where the biggest issues yeah, were. Yeah, and I, I think it, I, you streets. know, I, I, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I think it was just getting warm enough where it would kind of melt that top layer, mm-hmm. and then it would freeze again and just make it, just just make it, you know, even slicker. Uh, you yeah. know, I think that um, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday were the worst, worst yep. two days. I mean, I, um, so 
but we had a so we had so we had a shortened meeting because of that on our normal yeah Tuesday, so we had a meeting set up on on the 16th i believe is what it was wasn't it yeah, yeah january 16th and we we basically just paid the bills and took care of all kind of non-controversial or non uh any issues that did not require any public uh, participation to keep keep the city going uh, and then recess that meeting until january 23rd because there was mm-hmm. some items on the planning uh, planning docket that we would have to, uh, you know, review some appeals and things like that, and we 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 knew that um, the uh, the citizens would want to come in and and, and um, speak to that, so we recessed it. It was nothing that it was too urgent, so that that's uh, kind of what we did. I don't I don't really think there's a whole lot to talk about about the uh, you know the, the first part of the meeting that we did on actually did on the 16th didn't last very long. Uh, I guess the biggest thing is we did approve the uh, resolution. Um, Allocating our donations to various nonprofits, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the museum, uh, Precious right. for Pink, and um, while I'm thinking about that, the Precious and Pink, uh, you know, suffered a uh, yeah catastrophic loss of yeah. their house uh, there. So if you're not familiar with that, that's a ministry uh, for uh, incarcerated women. Well, yeah, they're not incarcerated tra- once well, they get out. Yeah. Formally, formally, so they're they're kind of making the transition from uh, from incarceration to getting back into day-to-day life yeah. and uh it's not a halfway house though really it's, it's, it's really something more yeah just, so miss ann uh lunsford is the one who started that foundation she would do ministry at the jail and she found mm-hmm, out that a lot mm-hmm. of these women just didn't have a place to go once they got out mm-hmm. and so she opened her house up in south haven to them and then it, as it's grown now she she um uh there's a you know a bunch of people who's involved in that in that group now and they they purchased a house kind of just uh, just west of town and uh, that's what yep. caught, caught fire and, and burn. I think it's going to be a total loss. Uh, minor thing, I think they're looking at purchasing another house, maybe in San Antonio or something. Um, but uh, they're they're going to go the, better, bigger, uh, bigger and better. It's just you know, it's, it's God's will. So I've talked with some of the board members uh, for that organization. They said the biggest thing right now is just um, you know, if you can donate dinner or breakfast or lunch to those ladies. It's fifteen ladies out there. I know Lindsay and I uh, got a little taco bar set up out there right. for them last Tuesday, did a little there Taco Tuesday celebration out there with them and uh, got that going. But, you know, just, just getting them fed is the biggest thing right, right now. Right. Um, not necessarily monetary donations, but just, you know, making sure that they've got food to eat, uh, breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner, trying to get them, you know, back on their feet. But uh, so that's the big thing for them. You can look, if, you, if you're uh, friends with me on Facebook, you can see uh, the meal train set up. Um, I've got that on one of my posts there, so you can check that out. But well, let's move on to our uh, January twenty third, correct? Recess is, uh, from the recess 16th. meeting. Uh, had a few planning items that were that were discussed a little bit. The first one, um, it was an appeal of the denial of the Hilltop Body Shop variance. Uh, essentially, what this was was a um, we require a lot of times in rezonings where. Um, this is a uh, it's a commer- is it a, it's a commercial or a industrial manufacturing it, essentially it's going from agricultural to a commercial yeah, or, he, they re, they were they re, rezone it to M1 cuz he he's M1, basically he, right. he's got a tow truck business is what he does and they're based uh, I know a, a couple of the people in the family there they're good people um, anyway and they have a business just just north of state line road uh, in mm-hmm. Memphis and they're on the hilltop there, if you're familiar with that area. Okay. And so he's moving that business to Hernando, and he purchased some uh, land there, Ronnie Rowland. And, and um, uh, because of the topography of that area, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have a 10-foot fence, which I think is going to be required, and to mm. have the 30-foot buffer. And so that's what he was asking for, uh, excuse me, a 40-foot buffer. 
that's what he was asking for is a little relief. A little bit shorter fence, a little bit less of a buffer. Yeah. And, and I, um, it was kind of worked out with the neighbor. I think the planning commission denied it because there were some neighbors that were concerned. There was. If, if you know where that property is, it's up there on 51. I think there's a church on one side. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think that's actually think your that, ward, isn't it, Ben? Yes, it is. So I think that they got kind of con that kind of they had a meeting of the minds, if you will, between the uh, the business owner, some of those neighbors, and they got it they got it hammered out and uh, and worked towards a compromise. So that was why that denial was flipped there. I think it was a six to one vote um, to uh, to flip that one back over. So uh, another bit, you know, it's a business that's coming to uh, Hernando, which is yeah. a which is a positive thing. And they're they're a family from Hernando. They live in the Nesbit area there, I believe, and so. They're bringing their business to Hernando because that's we're trying to change that perception that we, you know, we're we're pro business we, here. So yeah, I think I mean in a lot of situations, I think some people will will ask like, well, what what is the point of the planning commission if they're going to deny something and then you know it ends up getting you know passed anyway? Well, it's because it, it provides a, a forum for feedback. Um, the planning commission really reads the black and white of what is allowed and what isn't allowed, and we'll say, look, this is just not within you know the confines of you know what our ordinances allow okay well can we is there any sort of compromise or any area for compromise sometimes developers and business owners say i'm not compromising at all i want it this way is my way or the highway well then that, sure. that's it's hard to say yes to folks that are like that and then sometimes <clears throat> when people are willing to you know get together and come up with something everybody can live with um it just takes that extra layer of approval it takes that extra level of uh conversation to to make it work well, uh, you know, Ben, I, I served on the planning commission for four years and uh, before I became an alderman, and I think a lot of times the issue when you have people who are maybe opposed to something or are upset with something is there's no communication. And so I think the planning commission allows uh, the opportunity for everybody to kind of communicate in one place. And, and like this, this here, I think the gentleman was upset about the fence uh, and didn't understand what kind of business and what kind of people were coming in there. And so I think they after the planning commission sat down and talked about it and i think they came to a compromise and uh, you know we're getting the, the city's winning we're getting a business there um that that property now is going to pay a higher tax rate because it's, it's, it's rezoned and there's going to be a business there instead of just uh, agricultural field so um, and, it and it's a, a business that uh you know in that part of the city that is not very developed uh nesbitt's not very developed that's right um so it's uh it's in some ways, you have to look at that Nesbitt Road, uh, Pleasant Hill corridor as kind of a stopgap between South Haven and Main Street Hernando. Sure. Um, so if you have some development in that area, it kind of, you know, you're, you're being business friendly to the northern portion of Hernando without adding additional traffic to Commerce Street. So that's certainly a positive. The next thing we had, another variance request was from uh, Longview Point Baptist Church. Um, they uh, wanted to use a, a type of metal material on some panels on an expansion they were using. It's very similar to what uh, they had used in their last expansion. I think it's exactly the same, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Well, I, I, and I asked that. Was it identical or very similar? And they said it's very similar. That's right. He said I think it was improved or something. Yeah, yeah I think it, it it's even improved a little bit. It kind of looks like board and batten um, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, design wise. But. Um, you know, I think it was again another six to one vote to uh, to, to flip that um, decision from the planning commission. I think really just um, everybody on the board heard from a lot of the church members, just saying, you know, look, we're trying to uh, you know get this expansion done for the kids of this community. Um, I think for the special needs kids of this community as well to kind of have a home within our church. Um, 
and you know I think it's really going to elevate the uh, the outside appearance of the building aesthetically it's going to be an improvement and that was kind of the uh, what the what the pastor mentioned when he uh, when he filed their appeal. So um, I think it is something that you know again it's not a uh, it's not a straight metal building. And I think that when those were um, when those guidelines were put into place, the goal was to not have standalone metal buildings that were just four walls of metal and a metal roof. Um, you know on the on the main street of the city, but this is something that's more complementary to the overall look of the building. Yeah, you won't know any difference in what it looks like now. And, and what I brought up at the meeting, too, is, is I think it may be time to look at some of these, uh, you know, some of these requirements and maybe mm-hmm. – and, and not not saying that we need to loosen them, but, you know, bring them up to the material that's available today. That, that What they're, what they're um, going to be um, putting on that building is, is, if not better, at least mm-hmm. just as good as what they could. I think they mentioned, the, was it the Hardy Board or whatever? Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with all that, but – um, you know, that's something that I don't think people would like to see there, but they could use that instead of the metal. Uh, and the metal, I think, lasts longer is their thing. Obviously, I think it's a little cheaper than doing a full brick building, so that, that's, that's the, you know, probably the reason why they were pushing for the metal. Um, but I know like Which a lot that of can, You know, that, that's the thing that can't – a lot of times that's the first thing that people mention to us with these variances, and we have to say, well, we, we can't take that into account. That's right, that's right. The financial implications for – the applicant is nothing that we can ever take into account. Like sure. that's something that's always to the to the outside. What the the point of these guidelines is about aesthetics. It's about safety for the buildings and the you know the the structural inter- integrity of the buildings and those kind of things. That's really what the guidelines are in place for. And I don't see how you know this is something that that causes any kind of public safety issue or any kind of structural issue uh, when they're in place like that. Sure, and, and and again, I think they're good neighbors there. Um, you know, we heard. I know we heard from a lot of the members there. I know a lot of the members <coughs> of that church, um, and so um, I think we uh, what we what we approved to do was was reasonable and, and not you know something crazy. Uh, a lot of cities have uh, an ordinance where they can have you know a percentage of the building metal. Um, yeah. Or this new material. It's, it's not really metal because it doesn't look like metal to me. Uh, and a lot of people probably don't even understand or notice, but like the energy building we, we approved on Highway mm-hmm. 51, that, that's a metal building. And it looks nothing like metal, but a lot of people, don't. I brought that up at the meeting. To, to yeah. you know, we, we have some precedent to do that in the past. and um, We take everything, uh, every application one at a time and, and make sure it's, it makes sense and is reasonable for Hernando. So um, That's pretty much it on that one, Ben. Do you have anything else to add? No. Um, what's the next one? Is the uh, Edgewater? Yeah, the Edwa- Ed- Edgewater Pud. And so th- there's a gentleman, I think he has a auto repair business in South Haven. It may actually be called South Haven Auto Repair. Uh, and he, he would like to or wanted to move his building uh, or his business to uh, the city of Hernando. And this, this piece of property was um, right behind right next to Birch Realty there, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that area, right kind of right across from the fire station in Holly Springs. And uh, we had a, you know, I wouldn't think it was a lengthy discussion, but there was there was some discussion about that mm-hmm. uh, at the meeting. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, I think Beth made a statement that that's, that's her area there, and she had heard from a lot of people in the uh, Edgewater uh, subdivision, and they were opposed to it because of the uh, vicinity to the to their backyards or whatever. Um, and so the, it was actually uh, turned down. Um, it was a split decision. I think it was four to three. Four to three. Very close vote. Yeah. Uh, you know, myself. I is, think we split on that one, man. You should have come to our side, man. We'd have been the winning side if you'd have came to our side. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I think for me, if uh, if the alderman for that area really, you know, steps out and says, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily for this or I'm going to – 
I'm voting to deny it. It really, um, you know, a lot of times I look at it and say, well, then that, you know, they need some amount of support if this is something that they've got a lot of feedback from. Because a lot of times people just reach out to their aldermen. Sure. They don't necessarily reach out to everybody on the board. Um, well, I so think I have like, to kinda, um, you have to kind of trust that a yeah, little bit. Well, like, say, well like, if you're hearing um, from a bunch of people, then. Like Beth said, she, she had heard from them. She's kind of those, like you mentioned, those people's voice in that area. Um, you know, my concern and why I, was a, I supported this um, particular application is because um, what he was trying to do is, is no different than any other building. Any, anything can go there now. It's going to be just as close to that fence. Um, Potentially, yeah. yeah as, as the um, autom automotive uh, repair shop was. I think, you know, the history of this, I think there's been some bad blood with some other auto uh, repair shops in the <coughs> area. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know that. You know, that's I think that's one of those areas where it was county at one time and they approved some zoning there that may necessarily not have happened if the city at the time. But anyway, and so I think well, there was some, some, some bad taste in, the, in some of the residents' mouth. And uh, it's unfortunate because I like to see her now to grow business-wise, and this was going to be a nice business here. So I'm hoping he can maybe find another piece of property in Hernando. Well, and here's another thing that uh, we didn't bring up during the meeting, but I'm, I'm bring up now. It's cause, and I'm not necessarily um, crazy about – us spending the amount of money that is budgeted for a roundabout at Mackinvale and Holly Springs right there. It's an intersection that would be, that would have been really close to this business. Yeah. So the, you know, the board is, has moved forward on that and that's, you know, that's all well and good. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of it. Uh, but I, you know, we've been told that's a, that's a pretty dangerous intersection. Uh, if that's the case, then we really need to address the intersection before we, put additional commerce on in, in that, you know, adjacent area. Uh, that may be the most prudent thing to do. So sometimes the answer can be no for right now, but it could change to a yes later, um, depending on how traffic patterns change and some of those other things. Yeah, sometimes it's just all about timing. Um, sure, that could be something sure. that, you know, right now it's not a good fit, but six months from now, 12 months from now, it could be something that makes more sense. Yeah, and that, that's something we're going to talk about at the end of this. We're going to talk about a, a road discussion um, mm -hmm. at the end. But, you know, I think what the mayor told us is that they're, they're, they are, excuse me, the city engineer told us is that we're going to probably have that roundabout done in the summertime. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I don't think this business was going to be completed any, any time, and, you know, before that. So I think it would have worked out. But, again, your point is, is good, is, is well taken that, you know, we need to address that intersection uh, before you add more traffic, that makes a lot of sense to me. So, mm -hmm. so what's next? We got a uh, we have a gate um, in the Chapel Grove area <laughs> that was. Uh, well, we need to talk about just real quick the oh, Elm, okay. the One Elm more. Street and Robinson uh, issue oh, that got was tabled. Was tabled uh, and, and what I'm going to do is is I've actually been in contact with the developer John and uh, Alderman Lynch, Natalie, and we're going to set up some type of maybe community meeting with the residents there and see if we can work out some kind of compromise. Um, to that piece of property i think there is some people opposed to it but again i think it may be some miscommunication to get everybody on the same page and, and make sure everybody understands uh, what's trying to be developed and what what's really going to be there and, and if you know if it doesn't work it doesn't work but i think just have everybody in the same room and talk about it uh, is the best way to handle those things so anyway that's sure. that's tabled to maybe sometime in february um, there's no rush on that item so uh, the last thing we talked about as far as planning ben is this is this gate issue in, mm -hmm. in chapel grove that we've uh, we've talked about an executive session probably for what five six months now mm -hmm. we've been going back and forth on this and we finally uh came to a resolution um at the meeting on the 23rd do you want to start off or you want me to uh take it out what, what do you want to do yeah so essentially what what was approved we'll start with what was approved what was approved was a 24 7 in 2017 i believe or 2019 i'm sorry 
2019. Yeah, sorry. So what was approved in 2019 was for this Chapel Grove neighborhood that would it would connect to Montclair, uh, in, in the back of Montclair, and that there was a gate to be constructed there that would be locked. Um, and I guess emergency personnel would have a key to the lock, so they would be able to get to and from there because there was concerns about how much traffic would come out to Roberts and Jen Road. Uh, so that was what was initially approved. As the Chapel Grove neighborhood has, has been developed out, uh, that road has been all connected through there, and I guess there's been more traffic. I think uh, some of the residents on Robertson Gen Road have said, you know, you got people with ATVs, kids with ATVs going through there and rutting up their yards and, uh, and that sort of thing. So there's been some, you know, some concerns over public safety with some of those things. Uh, so they've asked, you know, where is, where is this gate that was supposed to go here? Uh, the developer's saying, well, you know, what, what kind of gate do you want? What do we need to put in? And so it became incumbent upon the city to figure out what sort of gate he needed to put in. Um, I think the, our, the city attorney had said that a locked gate on a public street would not be something that would be permissible. Um, it would, it would be, there would be fire code issues that a fire marshal would have to sign off on a locked gate, which was not going to happen uh, for public safety concerns. How would you get you know, an ambulance or fire truck through there in an emergency situation? And so the board ended up kind of coming to a compromise to say, okay, well, what about a 24-7 access gate that kind of opens and closes, some sort of motorized gate, something like that, that would, that would work out to kind of help restrict the flow of traffic, but also, you know, provide some amount of security and public safety, you know, concerns being assuaged there. I think that's about as quick as I can summarize it. That's a You're long good, summary. You know, so I, if <laughs> well, I'm thinking about it, so, you know, Ben, Ben's always the one that reads off these long motions because he does it so fast. He's like the little computer thing. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. So, but I think you touched on it. So essentially in 2019, as part of a compromise, the city uh, agreed to create this access road between, uh, I believe that's Montclair, isn't it, Ben? Mm -hmm. Montclair yep. and, and Chapel Grove. Uh, because they didn't want the traffic coming, cutting people cutting through there from Oak Grove, they thought it was going to be a, a, a big issue for them, dumping on the Robinson Gin. Um, this is another situation where the city kind of bumps up against the county, and it's kind of confusing there. I think Miss, um, I'm trying to think of the lady's name um, that spoke out. Uh, she lives right next to where this comes out of Robinson Gin, but she actually lives in the county. Mm -hmm. And um, Anyway, so it, it's this thing's been going back and forth. I think last since last summer, I think when we first found out about it, I believe is yeah. there was some type of letter or something from the fire marshal about um, um, about uh, couldn't couldn't be on a, a public street or whatever. And it turns out it's not it's not even a public street. We haven't designated it as a public street. So right at, at this time, it will be once it's platted. That's what we decided at the meeting. But that's because we decided it, and you know it. it the, the, you know, this is, again, I think just where, you know, there was no communication and then there was rumors mm -hmm. going around and, and I think people were saying one thing, p other people were saying other things. And, um, you know, our city attorney, I think he did a great job of, of um, uh, you know, reviewing this, getting us all on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think he uh, he was in a difficult position. I think there was, you know, there were some, you know, some political forces that were, you know, on both sides of this thing. So, um is it great, you know, great, Ben? Is a great, like, local politics-like issue, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, where, you know, it's... it's well, and I mean... You, I, got, you got two sides, and then you got the law. We have to kind of, you know, fight out. And I think we mm -hmm. came to a good compromise, but... Um, 
you know, I, I don't know why, uh, if this was such an issue back in, you know, that it was illegal or couldn't be done, you know, why our fire chief, our police chief, our city attorney didn't say anything back in 20, 2019. And that's why we are in the situation you know, we we're put in. And I'm not trying to say those, uh, those all, I, I know those guys are all great guys, but, um, you know, th this is kind of cleaning up a, a mess that we, we shouldn't have had to clean up, in my opinion. And sometimes the answer to that is that they weren't asked. Yeah, you know, but it's their job. It's their job to speak up. That's what they get paid to do. But sometimes the question needs to be asked directly in a public meeting for the minutes. Yeah, and that's right. you know, there there's times where we, where I will do that. I'll say, hey, chief, what do you think? What you know, yeah. what what do you what's your thoughts on this? And they'll say, well, look, you know, this intersection isn't that dangerous. We've only had a couple accidents there over the last two years, or whatever the situation is. You know, we ha we haven't had any incidents on this. Okay, well, so it's there's a perceived danger. And then there's the the reality, which is that there's not a danger or whatever the situation may be, but it's you know it is something like you're saying it's a local local deal um, that uh, you know it affects a lot of people. I think that when you have uh, people trying to get around Oak Grove Road and get around the Oak Grove school traffic, they're going to look for any kind of cut through roads they can get to, um, and and it does cause you know it does cause problems for some folks because when people take a cut through or a shortcut, they don't do it going the speed limit. They right. try, they're trying to rush and go wherever they're going to. That's right. I mean, and that's I, what causes I, the problems. <laughs> you know, I, I think there, there's a concern that people are going to cut through there, get on Robinson Gin, and so putting some <coughs> type of, you know, basically what we agreed to, this 24-hour gate is, is no different than a speed bump or a speed control device. That, that's sure. a, you know, and, and, you know, I know there's been some rumor that, oh, you can't, you can't block the street, blah, blah, blah. You know, those people are, are not attorneys and don't know what they're talking about. You know, what we, what we did was legal and is, is appropriate and, and sure. is, is the best I think we could do in a situation. We had our, we had our city attorney saying that if we put a gate up, we, we could be at some liability. Um, and so I think we worked the, out a, the 25-hour gate thing. I think that's sure. uh, going to be great. So The planning stuff, the planning items on agendas always have the most conversation. Um, you know, if you, if you have followed us for very long, you'll, you'll definitely notice that. But the last thing that we, uh, that, that we touched on was a paving plan for the remainder of this budget year. Um, you know, ultimately, we're still, um, you know, kind of kicking the can down the road, unfortunately, a little bit to see what um, to see how things look with the ice and snow that we got. I think it uncovered some, uh, you know, pre-existing issues with some of the streets. There's some potholes that are absolutely going to need to be filled. There's going to, um, you know, be a lot of uh, a lot of needs out there. And there's always more needs than there is resources. Sure. Uh, so I think right now. Uh, what we have budgeted for uh, it was around 1.4 1.4 million. Um, some of these things, some of these, some of that 1.4 has already been spent. Probably about a third of that has already been spent. Yeah, I got I got two lists that I'll post on the Facebook page, the Boardroom mm -hmm. Podcast, and one of them is going to be the initial what we approved back in September 18th to um, half paved this year, and then you'll see like the highlighted areas are the ones that has have been paved. And then you'll see a second list, which is just some additional, um, some additional areas that each alderman, I think, are on top of this first list has added. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these are not roads that are going to be paved maybe this year or hopefully maybe next year, but th they will be paved. Um, but these are, you know, this is kind of where we're going. I know I have a several roads on this second list that to be paved. I think you, you want to add a road, I think, at the meeting. Uh, ben, you want to talk about that? Didn't you add one in Notting Hill or something? Well, the last two streets in Notting Hill are are, are on here. And yeah, okay, I got. You. I think we looked. So at they're on a, that sheet. Yeah, and okay. then we looked at a we looked at a um, oh man, micro seal. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah the micro yeah. seal we did on Brody Road in, in uh, Ward 6. We're looking at it for Wooten Drive uh, as well. Um, and those those are those are roads that you're able to do a, uh, quite a bit cheaper. Um, they don't have the curb and gutter and that micro seal. Sure. Uh, you know, you can spend maybe, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars and get, you know, several more years of use out of the out of the streets. But when you look at that well, basically essentially what we're what we're looking at here, um, with a lot of the the roads that are left, um, or a lot of the, the money that's left to be spent in our paving budget is we have essentially um, about five hundred to six hundred thousand yeah. um, dollars that that we can spend in this budget year on uh, on streets. If you add up everything that is on this proposed list, you get quite a bit more than that. Yeah. Um, and when I say quite a bit more, you get about a million dollars. Well, and, and so you know, and, and, and everybody knows that inflation is, is is the last couple of years have increased. The government's no different. We we see inflation too. I mean, I think he's got the the price per per load here is, is yeah. one hundred eighty five dollars per ton, yep. uh, and two foot for milling. So that that's what it costs to pave a road. So like for instance, um, in my area, uh, Terra Drive from from Parkway to to, to Pebble Creek there is uh, fifty three hundred by thirty six feet. So it's three hundred thirty-five thousand dollars to pave that road. Right. Um, you know that's a significant amount of money of our budget. Um, and you know, in and you want to talk about our funding, what we've been doing there, Ben. Uh, right. So a lot of the fun, a lot of the funding for our paving projects have come from the Mississippi uh, Modernization Development Act, uh, Infrastructure Act, yeah. and so that that money comes from internet sales tax, um, and then a portion of the paving budget comes from the general fund. Um, you have to kind of balance that out a little bit because there are some uh, there's you know some formulas with the state where you have to spend money out of the general fund on paving you cannot just spend internet sales tax money on your on your paving there has to be some balance to it um or the the formula gets out of whack we're not going to get in those weeds um but that is where this 1.9 to 2 million dollars or so is coming from for neighborhood streets um you know i really i really pushed for 2.5 million i thought that was the right number uh that we needed to come in at um i think that that would have been an accurate reflection with you know these numbers that we're seeing now but it is what it is the big thing with it again going back to the mackinville holly springs roundabout and that that one's already started kind of getting down the road that one's going to be 400 to five hundred thousand dollars that you know you know we may have to say look we got to wait to get this thing done or maybe um, split it up between two budget years split it up between that's, two that's budget huge, years something that's a, you know, that's a big I think chunk you just, there you just mentioned there's we got about five hundred thousand dollars left or something and, and you know yeah that that, that project is estimated to be five hundred thousand dollars so if that was something that was, you know, divided up, then maybe you get more things done on this uh, this January list that's out there. Um, you know, if Terra Drive somehow gets divided up, that could be something. Yeah, that, what that, I, you know, all, you know, there. some of those are bigger ones than my, that I'm asking for. I, I, I think I assume that they would be split over mm -hmm. some budget years. You know, there's some areas we could do uh, some of that. Um, I know, and, I know, they need them bad. DeSoto needs it bad, and you know, and with this ice and stuff, that just tears the roads to pieces. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, so. The other part of it too is that once you once a road is overlaid, then it basically starts a, a 15 year, 18 year clock, where that road's going to have to be overlaid again, 18 you know 15 to 18 years later, uh, because the road will eventually get tore up. So you you know it 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 bears the reason that you know if you're going to get a neighborhood paved or a certain area paved, you want to try to do it with all within like a three or four year time frame, uh, where 
you know, that neighborhood is all taken care of within a three to four year time frame. And then it's now it's good for basically, you know, a decade and a half, two decades um, until it's in a stage where you have to get it overlaid again. That's that's kind of just the common sense approach that I've taken, at least in, in my area. Um, but every, you know, every alderman wants to push for, you know, whatever roads they want to push for. We really don't have a very defined process for how these roads are selected I, other know, than just th this the alderman say know, this is what this, needs this, it the most. Yeah, Ben, this came up at the meeting where I think Andrew um, brought up the study that they had Civil, Civil Link do, you know, in 2017 or something. Uh, I've seen it. I got a copy of it somewhere. And it, basically they took all the streets in the city of Hernando and, and listed them in, in an order of how they, you know, should be repaired. We, we've really addressed a lot of those critical ones. I think we're down to the, you know, the threes and fours or whatever. Well, I can't remember exactly how it was categorized, but, you know, the ones were the bad ones, the two was the second bad ones, and so I think we're on the threes and fours. Um, but, but again, we've talked about this, uh, you know, a lot on this podcast. You know, for whatever reason, the, the city was not in good financial shape or whatever, you know, for about a seven, eight, ten-year period, they just didn't do a whole lot of paving because they, they just didn't, didn't have the money to do it, whatever reason. And so I think we got behind. We're trying to play catch up. You know, luckily sure. we do have this modernization act money, the the diversion from the sales tax that you pay, internet sales tax. And so that's helped us kind of get caught up, but we're still in, you know, still playing catch up. And then you have, you know, events like the storm, ice storm that we had right. that that's just destroys roads. Uh, any, any road that has a crack in it's going to get worse when you have ice. Um, and, and so it just, it is what it is. You know, we're, we're trying to do the best we can. I think this board has committed, a lot of resources to uh, street paving more than any other board in, in the history of the city. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to continue to do that. I think I'm, I'm just speaking for myself, but I think from my conversation with other aldermen, I think we're all committed to, you know, working, working towards that to get, get right. caught up. And I've asked the mayor and he, he's committed to us that he's going to get us a spreadsheet showing the roads when they were paved. And so we can have an idea where we're at and, and keep going to, to maybe get a little organized. And we, you know, Andrew Miller brought up the possibility of maybe, um, doing another study, or, you know, to get some more, uh, you know, a professional opinion on roads that need to be paved. So we we'll just have to see what that process looks like, because right now there's no process. It's really just, you know, everyone kind of submits lists of things they would like to see done. Uh, that that list is always going to be greater than the amount of resources. Sure, sure. Um, and then, then the, the kind of negotiating and uh, sausage making happens from there. So, all right, Chad, so we've talked planning, we've talked about some gates we've streets. talked about streets, streets we've touched man. all the high points i guess that's all we've got for this week um you know coming up in february there's a you got the daddy daughter dance that's big oh big man we, we got to talk about hernando the young uh, women's club yeah, you got the right. mardi gras ball with the crew of hernando coming up yeah. the second weekend that's a tent uh, it's a bit it's a busy month busy month a lot going on in, in uh, february that's right we so. got uh meetings on the uh what is that uh february 2nd and yeah, for the no, first, no, and, first, and, first, fifth, and, February fifth, I think, or sixth, and then uh, February twenty-first, I think. All yeah, right. February sixth and February twentieth. Yeah, it's President's we'll Day's a, a Monday. That's right. Yeah, we'll have so we'll have our two meetings in February. Uh, we'll have more coming down about that, um, and we'll talk more about that at our next show, which we'll uh, record the week of uh, February sixth. Uh, have a lot more coming your way. But until next time, I'm Ben Piper. I'm Ward 4 Alderman Chad Wicker. This has been the Boardroom Podcast. We appreciate you listening. I'm